Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Hard Fuck Radio. Hope you're enjoying however you are listening, whether that was Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you're listening to it on YouTube. Eventually, the full videos will be on YouTube. For those of you that are wondering, why as you say, if you're listening on YouTube, when the people on YouTube are never going to hear that? Because at some point, the full video with the audio, either the audio with pictures or the audio with video, the full length, will be on YouTube. So I'm just making sure that I remember what I'm doing and remember what I'm saying. So practice some habits. You know, you all know how that stuff goes. Welcome back, welcome back. Um, just on a really quick personal note, I had some uh, family members that required medical attention these last couple days, which is why I did not have an episode on Friday or have an episode on Monday. We are back to daily. Um, but family comes first. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm glad for those of you that are still with us today, that are giving a listen, giving, sharing some of your time. I appreciate it. And let's have a great show. Let's enjoy it. We're back. Today is going to run kind of like a normal Monday show, meaning we are going to have good, bad, and ugly today. Hard right, hard left will be tomorrow. And then we will get back into betting this week. Although I will say on a personal note, I did take... My Broncos versus the Ch- I took my Broncos in a bet against Will and I won. Just want to say, just putting that out there in the world, the universe. I never been so happy to be one and four. <laughs> it's the time. Let me let me start here actually. Um, I've in most of my segments, and I believe as a sports commentator or radio host, you do have to be objective for the most part when you're breaking down topics. And there will be things throughout the season I can be objective about, even on my own teams. But what I love about having the fan segments is, because that's why we're all here. If you're listening to a sports podcast, you're listening to sports radio, it's because you're a fan. And I think the connection, make bet- making the connection between me being a fan and you being a fan, and us both being a little crazy about our own teams, this is why I have Henny's hopeful and when I do my, when I, uh, do my betting topics. Because I'm hopeful. Everyone's hopeful your team wins every week. We all know our team's not going 16-0. That's the objective view. But the hopeful view is 16-0. And I will always, always, always promote hope and excitement when it comes to sports. You'll hear that a lot in today's show. So, just wanted to get that out there. Once again, appreciate you for joining us this Tuesday. And now, let's get into it. Reputation will get you really far in life. Reputation as a teacher, reputation as a business, just any reputation as a person. If you have a good reputation, people will call you. If you don't have a good reputation, eh, not not as much. Reputation allows for you to be great for a period of time. And then even if you start to drop off, people will still go off of your reputation. Let's use an example. I have an iPhone. I have an iPhone 10. I couldn't tell you, because I'm not in that world, if my iPhone 10 is significantly better than my iPhone 7 or 8. I couldn't tell you if the iPhone 11 is significantly better than the 10 or the 10s. But Apple has a reputation. iPhones have a reputation. We keep buying them. It doesn't matter if they're still the best phone in the world 
or if they're the worst phone in the world. They have a reputation, and that reputation precedes them, and we continue every time they drop a new phone, we go buy it. Windows. All I've heard my whole life from the people that I know that are really big into tech is that Windows XP was one of the greatest things ever for computers. And we've gone from XP to 7 to 10 and upgrades and miscellaneous updates since then. I couldn't tell you if Windows 10 is the best operating software in the world. I couldn't. Couldn't. Sorry. If you want that, I'm, I'm not here to give you that. But the reputation of Microsoft, the reputation of Windows, keeps me coming back. The best quarterbacks in the league are off reputation. Those are the Brady's, the Breeze, the Rodgers, the Big Ben's. But that's no longer who's truly the best quarterbacks in football. If you're watching NFL and if you're watching professional football, you can't watch on a game-by-game, play-by-play basis and not show me and say, oh yeah, the two best quarterbacks in the world are Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. I mean, if you look, and I understand Kansas City lost, but we're not taking that away from what Patrick Mahomes has been. Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the quarterbacks that we've always dreamed of creating when you have Madden and you're making a my player quarterback. You want a guy that can run. You want a guy that's got a good arm. You want a guy that's accurate. That's them. Russell Wilson is so good right now. I don't even think the Steve Young comparisons are fair. Because I don't think Steve Young got this good by this point in his career. In terms of games played. Obviously he had a later start to his career due to being behind Montana. But Russell Wilson is no longer a scrambling quarterback. He is a pocket top five accuracy quarterback who can run when need be. Russell Wilson, if he was on any other team in the NFC, they're overwhelmingly the favorites in the conference. But he's on Seattle, who's had to make some financial and roster changes, a lot of due to the cap and to his contract which he deserves. So they are one of the lesser talented teams that will still be in the playoff mix. But if I put him on the Saints, oh my God, do you see the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater? Do you imagine what they would be like with Russell Wilson? If he was on the Vikings, the Vikings would be overwhelmingly the favorites to win the Super Bowl. If I put him on the Panthers, Super Bowl favorites, I could put him on any top NFC contender. And they immediately become the best team in the NFC if Russell Wilson is their quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes, what can you say? And there's going to be people that come out this week and they're going to criticize. They're going to say, oh, well, maybe he's not as good. We've got two games. Where he's like, like, calm down, guys. Patrick Mahomes scored 20. His offense, the Chiefs offense scored 25 points in 25 straight games. 25 points in 25 straight games. Trust me, as a Broncos fan, that's incredibly impressive. And he has been a part of 21 of those 25 games. 22 of those 25, I'm sorry. 
if I gave you an NBA player <laughs> and I said he's going to give you 25 points his first 22 games of his career and then on game 23, okay, he only gave you 13. Don't 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 try to be cute. Don't try to make a don't try to give a hot tag. Don't try to say, "Oh, well, you know, maybe we figured it out." No, he's great. He's all-time great. He's all-time great this early in his career, which we've never seen. This is Dan Marino 2.0 in terms of arm talent. This is mobility of a Steve McNair type mobility where, no, is he the fastest guy in the world? Is he going to run for four or five hundred yards of quarterback? No. But he's mobile. He extends plays. He makes plays. Both Mahomes and Wilson are considerably on a play-by-play, game-by-game, outperforming everybody else in the league. That includes Tom Brady. That includes Drew Brees. That includes Aaron Rodgers. That includes Big Ben. Reputation will make me go out and buy a new iPhone. Performance will show me which phone is actually the best on the market. Segwaying from two quarterbacks who have a lot of wins to some head coaches who got their first wins. I preach hope. I love when it comes to sports. We're going to talk today, uh, later on today, about the amount of hope and excitement that Zion has brought. And just, I'm a big fan of hope, right? Love hope in sports. Because we don't have hope, the season can feel like it's over week two. Cincinnati season has felt like it's been over since week one. And that's because they don't have any hope. Because Andy Dalton's not that good anymore. And they got nowhere that they're looking on their roster going, oh, this is going to fix it. Arizona and Denver both got their first win of the season. Now, Den- Arizona also has a tie. Uh, they tied against the Detroit Lions. Messaging is big when you're a coach. Because there's only so many cliches you can give. There's only so many rah-rah moments you can give. At some point, you just have to be able to look at the 53 guys in the locker room and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. These are the results. Let's get on board. If you're Arizona, you just beat Cincinnati, you have a tie against Detroit, and you have been able to compete and show flashes for the majority of your games. If, um, excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury gets to walk in that locker room and say, hey guys, we know that we're not the best team in the league, but we've been able to compete with some of the best teams in the league. We've been able to show offensive showcasing, so showcase our offense at several different points during several different games. <coughs> Excuse me. We have been able to tie with a very good Detroit Lions team. We just beat a Bengals team who we think we're better than right now. We're getting Patrick Peterson back. We're going to be able to keep building up this defense. Kyler's getting better week by week. He's making better reads. He, Kyler Murray looks like a playmaker. 
I mean, you saw him out there, and it looked like backyard football. Like, he looked like just one of the better players on the field, despite size and stature. Arizona, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the degree of difficulty is going to be hard for them. Kyler's 5'10". They got to do a lot more trick plays, a lot more motion, just to get kind of similar results as regular teams. Twice as hard to get half of what they get. He's a smaller guy. But it's working. They're making plays. They're not doing all this motion and throwing the ball for uh, going, going three out of ten. They're not doing all this motion and only running the ball for two yards to carry. You still have David Johnson. You still have Larry Fitzgerald. You got some other guys coming back. You're going to be able to draft more. You get to go in that locker room on Sunday, got your first win, and say, guys, it's working. I know it may not be a playoff team. May not We may not be the best team in the league, but this is working and we're improving. Vic Fangio in Denver, first one of the season against the Chargers. Vic Fangio gets to walk in there and say, hey, guys, we're two pass interference calls or roughing the passer calls. One which we could say was just, just wasn't a good call at all. And the NFL even came and said, hey, that shouldn't have been called from being three and two. Defensively, the defense that has been maligned and mocked and, and laughed at, you guys gave up three real points. Three points at the end of the game. And there was a kickoff or a punt return for a touchdown. Otherwise, defense only gave up three points. Offensively, Cortland Sutton's having a really good season. Emmanuel Sanders looks like he's back. He's cutting in and out of his routes. Garrett Bowles had a clean game. More clean than he's been. The offensive line played better. Phillip Lindsay got 100 yards. And we're beating ourselves still. We still had 10-plus penalties over 100 yards. Unacceptable. We're one of the most penalized teams in the league. Unacceptable. We're not that good to be beating ourselves that much. But that's just it. We're the only one beating us. And the number one thing between both of these that just makes it work is the top players are bought in. Von Miller and Larry Fitzgerald are two of the most unselfish superstars that you have in the league. And... Because of their willingness to buy in, Vaughn talked about it all week. I love the coaching staff. I love my position coaches. Like, we are really, there's a lot of really good coaching going on. Larry, bless his heart. He just, he is a cardinal for life. And whatever they want to do, he's with. And the top guys have bought in. And it just trickles down the room. That even if maybe if you got one or two guys that aren't fully sold in. The guy who's the best player on the team, the guy who's showing up to work early, the guys who's putting in the most work, they've bought in, these coaches got their first win, and the directions they want to go, they can see them, and they can spread that and share that with their team, give that to the team, and that hope in messaging is something that can translate to the fan base, and I like the direction of both teams going forward, regardless, and I could say this, and both teams can end up with less than four wins on the season. But the direction they're going, you gotta like it. You gotta be excited about it. Coming up later, as I said, this is like a Monday show, so we will have the good, bad, and the ugly on the other side, as well as, <coughs> excuse me, as well as we have some Zion talk towards the end of the show. And some other more football conversations. So this is Hard Foul. It is a wonderful Tuesday. 
We'll be back momentarily. Welcome back to Hard Foul. Hope you're enjoying yourself however you are listening. Glad you are joining me here on a Tuesday morning. I'm here with my cat recording. My cat's just looking at me like I'm doing something weird. He's he's probably just trying to go to sleep, but I'm bugging him. Alright, so I wanted to come in here and talk about um, the Rays Astros series, but I feel like that is better preserved, and I want to wait until tomorrow because... I believe the Rays get another win tonight in Tropicana, and uh, I want to throw that as part of my hard right, hard left, just because quite frankly, I'm going to be right, and the Rays are going to push the Astros better than any team going forward, and realistically, that just means the Yankees and most likely the Dodgers. Um, I will say, though, I was also wrong about, there's going to be a lot of baseball in my hard right, hard left, let's just put it that way, but then I, then I went on Twitter, which is a scary thing to do. And I was looking, I saw some baseball stuff pop up, so I was I was going through it, right? And something popped up to me. Um, most wins in the American League since the start of the 2008 season. Now, I want to be very clear here. Tony and I, and Tony's my main baseball guy here. Tony and I have been saying the American League East has been the best division of baseball since 08. Now... Sometimes when you make a statement like that, and it's just this really large time frame, or there's really uh, just a lot of data and information, sometimes you get caught in vacuums. And people want to isolate, well, this year only one of the team made the playoffs, they didn't get the wild card, or oh, this year these two teams are better, or oh, this year... Like, just, just shut up. Shut up. The American League East is the best division in baseball. And that's with... The Orioles decline, and that's with the Blue Jays selling everybody and trading everybody off. Which, if you look at it next year, not only do they have two playoff teams this year, the Blue Jays are going to be better with all their young talent, and you know the Red Sox are going to rebound. They're going to pay some people, cut payroll. They're going to they're going to put up a competitive team. And the Orioles right now are just the Orioles. The Orioles are going to go through probably another year or two of being really bad and then bounce back. The Rays had to do this. The Rays had to go through a year being bad and then bounce back. Most wins in the American League since the start of the 2008 season. The New York Yankees with 1,113. Number one. The Boston Red Sox, number two, with 1,061. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays with 1,041. Isn't that interesting? 
the three teams with the most wins in the American League. Since the start of 2008, this is over a decade, you guys. 11-year sample size. And those three teams have the most wins in baseball. Or most wins in the American League, I'm sorry. Isn't that interesting? Now, the other reason I bring this up is when you are a trust fund child, <clears throat> excuse me, you have a much better opportunity to make it. There is trust fund kids who, and to their credit, because there is a skill to this, who are given $100,000 and told to make it a million dollars, or given a million dollars, told to make it $10 million, or uh, given $10 million, told to make it $100 million, like whatever the case may be, right? And there is a skill to that. I'm not trying to just take away from what they've done. I'm also never going to shame a parent for doing the most for their child. That's just not what I do. But let's look at wins and payroll. Because the Red Sox and Yankees are trust fund kids. The Rays are scrappers, garage sale, work since they were 12, 13, cut grass on Saturdays, drop off mail Monday through Friday in the morning just to make it to their next part-time job at Jack in the Box in the afternoon. And then they take all their money that they can you know, gather up throughout the week and turn it into something. The Rays invest well from a low spot. Yankees 1,113 wins, average payroll $182 million. The Red Sox 1,061 wins, average payroll $156.5 million. Tampa Bay Rays 1,041 wins, average payroll $60.3 million. Wow. And remember, this Red Sox team has two years of being really bad. And their payroll dropping. Because they were bad. And now no money to spend on, guys. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to think about that. The Yankees... To get not even a hundred more wins over an 11 year span. Routinely spending 120 million dollars more. That's over a billion dollars. To get not even a hundred wins. I am not a mathematician. I am not a physicist, but a billion dollars over the last dec over the last eleven years, and you couldn't get more than a hundred wins. You know, sometimes they say there's a lot of people who, and this I do discredit people for. When people who are rich or people who are wealthy and they say, "Oh well, I gave this guy a lot of money and he messed up my money." There's a lot of people who invest in stuff that they really don't know anything about. Someone just tells them, oh, the stocks are great. Oh, this is awesome. Bitcoin. Just what, whatever. And they're like, yeah, let's go do it. I'll, th I'll throw a million dollars at it. I'll throw $100,000 at it. I got a lot of money. And then they come back and they're like, 
man, I got I got messed up by that guy. No, you got messed up by yourself because you didn't know what you were investing in. Dave Ramsey's a lifetime financial coach. Don't invest in something that you don't understand. And somebody in the Yankees organization, somebody in the Red Sox organization, they don't understand baseball as well as they think they do. A billion dollars for the Yankees. Almost a hundred million dollars. The Red Sox hit a billion too. The Yankees are more like $1.2 billion. The Red Sox, a billion dollars. And the only thing you could really say is the Red Sox got two World Series out of it. The Yankees got one. Is that World Series worth a billion dollars? Are those two World Series worth $500 million? I don't know, man. I don't know. I could, I could, I could just complain about. I've just learned. I could complain about the outrageous salary cap discrepancies and why baseball just needs a just baseball needs a salary cap, guys. There's a team that's so good and just will never be able to compete at its fullest because they can't afford it. Or just get the raise out of Tampa. Make a third team in New York. They got a trillion dollar economy. Or, yeah, multi-billion. They have a lot of money going through New York, guys. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's do the good. Deshaun Watson. I've said it since I don't know when. I think the beginning of last year. Deshaun Watson is really, really good. This is Warren Moon 2.0, people. He is accurate. He is mobile. He just he throws a really pretty ball. Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, he has weapons. And this is with a subpar offensive line. Could you imagine if he had like a Tom Brady offensive line for a season? He might throw 60 touchdowns. I think he has an offensive line and an offensive coordinator away from being everybody as good as Patrick Mahomes. Five touchdowns, 400 yards. He's just who's been the who's been a better quarterback besides him, besides him, besides Tom Brady. Who's been a better quarterback than him since his national championship game at Clemson? Sean Watson's really good, guys. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's gonna get some MVP votes, and part of that is due to there's always one. There's always one. I don't think he'll win it. There's always a narrative-driven MVP. And sometimes I agree that sometimes I don't. Christian McCaffrey, I agree with. Christian McCaffrey has been played some of his best football since Cam Newton's been out. Continues to show it's, what, him, Zeke, and Gurley for best running back in the league. And best two-way back. I think he's running away with at the moment. Um, another 150-plus yard game. He's got back-to-back. He's giving you touchdowns. Once again, no Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey, best white running back ever. He's going to make the case. And then our last good, it, it's the Patriots. It's, and I know this is a cliche. This is a cop-out. Oh, but they're just good, guys. They're just good. They're great. They're great. They got, they, got, they got another coach fired. I want to know how many coaches they've gotten fired. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the amount of coaches fired after playing Bill Belichick. And I just would love to know what the owners are thinking. 
man, my team's not that great. We got blessed talent, and we don't have Bill Belichick. Ah, yeah, my coach, not the end of done. Fire him. Get him out of here. I just would love to see the amount of coaches Bill Belichick has gotten fired. And that's not just including teams that he's beaten and then they fired their coach, but just the amount of Jet coaches, Bills coaches, and Dolphins coaches who just, the teams are like, oh, um, but you know, who, how many, yeah, how many coaches he's gotten fired? Let's go bed. The Chargers. The Chargers are supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. The Chargers were supposed to have one of the best rosters in football. The Chargers were supposed to improve on what they did last year and supposed to challenge Kansas City. And now we're five weeks in and the Chargers are two and three. I'm not doing this to be a hater. I live in San Diego. Yes, I love to see Denver get the win. But the, the, I don't. I didn't look at that game and say, oh, Denver's definitely the better team. No, San Diego's got way, or LA has way better talent. LA's got a better quarterback. LA's got a better offensive line. LA's got should has better overall defensive personnel. LA's got better receiving personnel. Like, and they're just not getting it done. I don't know if that's Anthony Lynn. I don't know if that's Philip Rivers. But this needs to get fixed. Chargers, you make the bad list. Uh, the 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 they should be on the ugly, but there's a lot of ugly. So this week the Bengals are just bad. They're just bad. And the Bengals and the Redskins, they're just bad. They're both 0-5. They're bad. Um, Zach Taylor's offense that was supposed to improve Andy Dalton, it's not working. I don't know if you can improve Andy Dalton. I'm hoping Zach Taylor's not defined by Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton already got Marvin Lewis fired, even though Marvin Lewis had his job for way too long. Bengals are just bad. The Redskins are just bad. Jay Gruden's got fired from the Redskins. Dan Snyder's a bad owner. There's just a lot of bad going on with both of those organizations. On our last bad, and I really like Lamar Jackson, but his last couple showings, three interceptions on Sunday, just really ill-advised, ill-advised throws. Lamar has the ability to make great plays, but I think Lamar needs to do it from the perspective of playing safe, let explosive come to you, Whereas I think there's guys like Watson and Mahomes who play aggressive and then can go defensive when need be. I think Lamar should start defensive, start safe, and then turn up aggressive. He just looked like he wanted to be aggressive and throw the ball everywhere, and that's just not his game yet. I think he'll get there one day. But as of right now, no. And that was a bad game. Um, there was a lot of ugly this week, which is why... Lamar and the Bengals could have made the ugly list on almost any other week. Excuse me. But we got some ugly to give out. First, ugly. What about football? This was the ugly weekend of football. There was a lot of turnovers. There was a lot of blowouts. I mean, how many teams really walked away from that? And unless you're... Really, unless you're New England or Philadelphia, who really walked away from this weekend going, Oh, I felt great about that game. A lot of blowouts. Coaches got fired. Um, a lot of just just ugly football fumbles, interceptions. No really great team wins. It's just an ugly week of football. Not a lot of like I didn't even get to watch a lot of the early games, but just going, I went back and rewatched them on the NFL Rewind. I was like, these are this isn't good football. This is just it was an ugly week of football. Uh, the Falcons. 
Uh, Falcons gave up 53 to our very good friend Deshaun Watson. The Falcons, I don't know how you guys are messing this up. You have most likely a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have a good head coach, or should be a good head coach, in Dan Quinn. You have a good roster, maybe not a, a top five roster, but you have a good roster. You have Julio Jones. You have good ownership. You have stability, and yet you only have one win. And your losses keep getting uglier and uglier. Um, this is the kind of season that could lose Dan Quinn his job. Regardless of prior seasons, regardless of prior win, this is the kind of season that keeps going down this way. This is the kind of season that you lose the locker room and will lose Dan Quinn his job. And our last ugly, the media coverage on the Cowboys this week. Oof. And... I think the Cowboys are still good. I still believe in, and I've been preaching it, they got a lot of good players. They're going to be fine. Is Dak better than Aaron Rodgers? No, but we know that. Um, it's going to be a rough week if you are a Cowboys fan in the media coverage. And some of that is self-imposed because Jerry Jones is running out here talking about contracts and stuff that they want to do and, you know, it's, it's just going to be an ugly week if you're a Cowboys fan or a Cowboys player. I wouldn't even turn on my TV. I would do, or do what Shannon Sharp does and just, just listen with the volume off. Thank you for listening to Hardfall Radio. We'll be back momentarily. Back to the hard fat. It's a wonderful Tuesday. Hope you're enjoying it. Have a good listening with us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. You guys know. Um, as we start to close out the show here, I've been speaking a lot on, and people think this isn't a strong opinion for some reason. People think, oh, you're trying to be too safe or you're not putting yourself out there enough. No, I just don't like saying stupid things. You can have strong opinions. I have strong opinions on... Um, the Wilson, Mahomes, uh, like I said, the coaches I talked about, when I do my five, my betting at the end of the week, I have some strong opinions on teams and players. I just don't feel the need to go out there for a hot take. And you guys, anyone that's ever heard me rant about Kobe or the refs or Calvin Johnson, like you guys having strong opinions, you can have a quote-unquote safe strong opinion. I think Tom Brady's the greatest player ever. That's not a safe take. That's just a, that's, I feel strongly about that, and that's just the truth. 
Um, something else I feel strongly about is we just live in a, such a microwave world where if you're not doing something great right at that exact minute, people just seem to forget how great you may be or how good you may be. And I just want to take some time and just remember and remind everyone, let's not give up on some of these teams that we have in the NFL. I feel like there's a lot of people who are just ready to give up, back out, and say, nah, I'm 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 totally gone away. I've completely pulled out, I don't care anymore. Um, just giving up on them, right? And there's a lot of good teams in the league. I don't think there's a lot of great teams, but there's a lot of good teams in the league. And let's not forget those good teams. Now, in the AFC, I understand the Ravens, they didn't look great, but the Ravens are still good. Don't give up on them. Yes, as Lamar regressed from what he was in week one and two, yeah, but everyone's going to have... Usually, NFL players, if they are a good NFL player or a Pro Bowl NFL player, you're just going to have two outstanding games, and you're going to have two eh, not-so-great games. And just throw those out and figure out where they are in the middle, and that's where you're going to find out where Lamar is. I think this is one of Lamar's worst games. I think his first two games might end up his two best games. And then you just let him see, and you figure out what is he going to be the other 14 games, and that's Lamar Jackson, and that's fine. The Texans, yes, this one, obviously, they just came off scoring 53 points. But the week prior when they lost, people were like, oh, I don't know if the Texans can do it. Uh, they're coaching. The Texans are fine. Texans are a good team. Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. They're going to be good. A team I don't think I should have to defend, but I, I guess I will, is the Chiefs. Everybody was like, oh, we figured out how to stop the Chiefs. The Lions held Patrick Holmes without a touchdown. The You saw what the, excuse me, what the Colts did. Guys, he scored 25 points in 25 straight games. Just because he's got a couple non-25-point games doesn't mean that he's not still the best quarterback and that's not still the best offense in football. Yes, you're going to run into speed bumps. Yes, we know... And we know they're not going 16-0. But no one thought they were going 16-0. Nobody thought they were going 16-0. So why are we just why are we pulling back and saying, oh, well, hold on. They're not really that grand. Or, oh, they're not this. The Chiefs are really, really good, guys. In the NFC, I think there's a lot more good teams. The Cowboys, I know, I know, I know. Back-to-back -back losses. They lost... Lord forbid you lose in the Superdome and to Green Bay. Lord forbid that happen. No, can't lose in the Superdome. Can't lose. If you lose, if you lose, if you lose to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and you lose in the Superdome, one of the best home field advantages of all time, you're bad. We don't want you anymore. Get out of here. The Eagles, still really good. Obviously, they came off a win. Carson Wentz, this offensive line, defensive line, they're going to get healthy. Eagles really good. The Rams, I know, back-to-back -back losses. They had their fluke game against um, Tampa. See, this is where teams get losing streaks. Is Like I said, teams, I believe teams and players, both that two-game rule. Two games that are really great, two games that are so-so or really bad. L.A. had its really bad game against Tampa, 
and then came back and had to play Seattle. And it wasn't a matter of, oh, they played bad against Seattle. Russell Wilson's just the best quarterback in the conference right now. And Seattle won that game, and L.A. was close, and Jared Goff kept them in this game. But because they had him back-to-back, the great quarterback and the bad game, and it's, oh, now you've lost two in a row, and there's people starting to doubt, people starting to question, the Rams are fine. It's just a part of the schedule. They just hit it. They hit their clunker game, and then they hit a great quarterback. You know, if you throw up your clunker game and then go lose to Tom Brady... I'm I'm not going to I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm over you. Let's put it that way. Uh, the Lions are really good. And the Lions, who I have to admit I was wrong on, I gave up on the Lions after like a week because I gave up on the Lions after just years of dysfunction. But the Lions are a better team than I thought they were gonna be. Um Matt Patricia seems to be the right coach. Uh Matthew Stafford, he's got some receivers, the defense is playing better. Lions are a good team. The Panthers, post Cam going down, yes, I was worried. I thought they were going to fall back. I didn't know, A, how long Cam was going to be out, and B, how well they'd be able to do. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is great, and this team is really good. As still a top 10 defense, a good running game, and all they're asking out of their quarterback is just to not make mistakes. And they're also in a so-so division. But the difference in the NFC and the AFC is definitively in the NFC. Every division has two good, really good, or great, or two really good or great teams. Cowboys and Eagles in the East. The 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams in the West. In the North, the Packers, Bears, and Lions. And the Vikings. The NFC North is stacked. The Vikings I didn't even get to. They're still really good, even if I have completely lost faith in Kirk Cousins. And the Saints and Panthers and the NFC South. And don't sleep on the Bucks. Compared to the AFC where... I mean, I'm not as big on the Colts as everybody else is. I think the AFC North actually stinks, especially with the Steelers not um, on their third quarterback. I think either the Ravens or Browns. I think one of them is going to end up dropping out here really soon, just if I had to give a hunch. I think the Raiders are a good story, but fall back. So it's really just the Chiefs in the West. And then in the East, it's the Patriots. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Bills. But then you have 0-4 Jets, 0-4 Miami. You got 2-3 underachieving San Diego, 1-4 Denver, 1-4 Pittsburgh. I understand on the third quarterback. 0-5 Cincinnati. The Jaguars are 2-3. Uh, I don't believe in the Gardner Minshew story. And the Titans are 2-3, who I just... I. I think I whiffed on this year, but they have been that. I think the Titans have a chance to bounce back, but they've been just too Jekyll and Hyde, and I'm out on the consistency aspect of them, which is what I preached coming into this year, and I was just wrong. That's fine. I was wrong on Tennessee. I'm okay with that. Now, as we end today's show, as always, I want to say thank you for listening, and if you've made it this far. Everyone's favorite segment, something only I would understand. And the only thing I end for today, it's not a comparison, it's not an analogy, it's just the theme of the show, which is hope. I love hope. I love hope in sports. I love what hope does to a fan base, to a franchise, 
makes you act different. It made your front office do things differently. Makes your fans the way they react to the season. And the NFL, Cincinnati has no hope. Their season feels like it's already over. And Arizona, Kyler Murray's a lot of hope. Arizona feels great, and they might not even going to be a playoff team. And they feel good about it. In the NBA, there is not a more hopeful and energized fan base than the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm a Pelicans fan. I have been a Hornets slash Pelicans fan since, at this point going on, 2007, 2007, 2008, maybe even 06. My memory gets really bad, but around around that time, a really young Chris Paul. And I don't know if I've ever been this hopeful or excited for a season. It's amazing what drafting the 6'6 power forward, because we all made a big deal on his height, will do for a franchise. Look at the open practice. They showed the open practice. You can go see it on Twitter. Open practice two years ago with a full-fledged superstar Anthony Davis versus open practice this year. All the seats were taken up. They've already sold out the highest percentage of season tickets that they've ever sold in the history of the franchise. They have already have more primetime games than they had last year. There's already more tickets sold for road games than they have the last decade. And I'm not saying Zion's better than Anthony Davis. I'm not saying Zion is better than Chris Paul. But Zion has brought the kind of hope and excitement and energy that you would want any first overall pick to bring to your franchise. Even when you have draft picks who are a bust, (coughs) excuse me, and I don't believe Zion will be a bust, There is energy and hope. Think of every team that drafts a quarterback top five overall. They all feel good about it. And not that every quarterback works, but there's hope around all of them. Zion and the Pelicans played their first preseason game last night, and it was fantastic. He had, I don't even know, I'm not even going to tell you what his stats were. But he looked good. He played freely. Lonzo was looking like he was excited to play. The team was running. The team was energetic. It was hopeful. It was excited. I've watched a Broncos defense that has been still really good, but just at times, they've just lost it. They know, yeah, we can get a three and out, but our offense isn't doing anything. There's less excitement to play for. There's not as hopeful. I don't know if the Pelicans are going to be a playoff team. I don't know if the Pelicans are going to be even a 500 team. But between Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Zion, J.J. Redick, Derek Favors, the front office additions, there's a hope in New Orleans that is only comparable to when the Saints returned. And remember, the Saints hope was due to a natural disaster hitting the city and them coming back to finally being able to play football. If Katrina was a natural disaster, Zion has been a natural miracle for a city and a sports team that needed some hope and needed some excitement. And there is not a fan base or a team that is more excited to start this NBA season off than the New Orleans Pelicans. And they don't even have one of the Supermax superstars. Hope is a wonderful thing in sports. Never forget that.
thank you guys for joining me today. I appreciate that you guys are giving me the time of your day to let me ramble into your ear and just talk sports and do what I love. Um, always appreciate it. Don't forget, we got No Phones Meetings dropping this week. A&M dropping this week. Heart Foul Daily. Um, love you, Grandpa Vern. Love you, Grandma Rachel. Glad you guys got back safe. Um, and, yeah, that's really all we got. As always, Twitter, Instagram. I talk a lot, 9080. Facebook, Heart Foul Network. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff on Twitch and YouTube this week, uh, so stay tuned. Peace out.